welcome to Fashion Hub Singapore, a tool for fashion entrepreneurs in Southeast Asia and beyond. My name is Anissa. I'm a senior lecturer in fashion marketing and management at Raffles College of Higher Education in Singapore. I'm originally from the UK and I've had over 15 years experience in the industry. I've been teaching since 2012. So overall, I think I've had over 10,000 hours of teaching. So I, my passion is really to give entrepreneurs actionable steps. So creating a brand. Essentially, there's so much information out there. If you go to Google, there's so many hits. There are hundreds of books on branding. But I always like to keep things simple. Whether I'm teaching students or working and, uh, with brands or even mentoring uh, small businesses. So let's start at the beginning. What is a brand? It's a brand is a promise. A brand is not a logo. So why do I say a brand is a promise? Brand is a kind of mark that once we see it, we trust in the company that is um, behind that mark. Good example I give my students is buying cornflakes, going to the supermarket. My brand of choice is Kellogg's. I don't think twice. I look for the green chicken with the red <laughs> coronet and I take that box of cornflakes off the shelves. So fashion brands are borrowed from FMCG or fast moving consumer goods and understood that branding is critical to what we do. Um, especially in the 21st century, we pretty much most products are similar, if not exactly the same. But people are essentially buying into brands rather than the product. So make no mistake that this becomes even more important as we move in sort of further into the digital age. So of course, the right logo helps you create your brand identity. But branding doesn't start with the logo. Branding is a way to help your company stand out. So see it as a tool that will help customers build knowledge over time about your company and the products that you sell. So that trust would be built if every time they buy a product from you, they're satisfied. They might well tell their friends. And they'll start to recognize who you are by the brand identity that you create. So hopefully that's unpacked what branding is. It's actually one of my favorite subjects. Why? Because it's about people and how they organize information. It's about semiotics, which is signs and symbols. Um, and semiotics varies across cultures and language, etc. So that's really interesting from a nerdy teacher point of view. But a good example of symbols is a few years ago now, I think maybe 2013, 2014, I started recognizing people wearing ballet pumps and they had TB on them. I'm always checking out what people are wearing, being a buyer by trade, trained to sort of check out what the new trends are. And Literally, I think the fourth person I met, I, I had to ask the question, I think it was a student, what are those ballet pumps or ballet shoes? Uh, this is a new brand, she said, um, Tory Birch, and I'll never forget it. That same day, I checked them out online. I was really impressed with the whole brand um, that was created. And essentially, they had free promotion of their brand with these ballet pumps, having the symbol TB on the ballet pumps. Of course, that's not as an excuse for you now to stick logos on everything. They still have, you still need to have great product um, for your brand to work. So let's get into it and unpack what we're here for, which is four things you need to do to set up your brand. The first step is not the most sexiest, but it's the one that is useful for just about everything we do in marketing and running brands, 
which is understand our target market. Understand their wants and needs in order to position your brand correctly. So who are my customers? What are their preferences? Most importantly, what are their pain points? What can they not find in the market? How can I solve their problems in a new way? And problems in fashion could be, you know, buying a good quality dress, buying a dress for a hot date or a shirt for a hot date for that matter, lipstick that lasts, perfume that's long lasting or that doesn't irritate my skin. All those things solve problems. And so the only way to know your product solves problems is to really research your customer. Try to go a little bit wide with your research. It's um, what is known as personas and create personas. So you can do this research, as I've mentioned before, in some other podcasts through survey, focus group, interviews. These are formal versus informal. Even going online and you know um, crowdsourcing with your friends on social media. Try and understand what people read, what influences them, their worldview. How can you create a brand that really serves them and enhances their lives? Which other brands do they prefer? How do they make their purchase decisions about specific product categories? This is critical to everything we do in branding. It's about the consumer. Second step. So a good example is Tory Burch, from, my, from what I, uh, the research that I had done at the time, created an affordable luxury brand because she knew there's women like her who want beautiful things but doesn't really want to pay the sort of luxury price points of those international heritage brands. So she created a brand with a lovely, wonderful environment, luxury environment, based around what she feels is interesting style, her own personal style, but at lower price points. Really smart. Because at the time, sort of in the 90s, a lot of those sort of mid-tier or affordable luxury brands, as we call them, had disappeared because fast fashion was at its sort of zenith. Many things had come along, and including the 2008 um, crisis, and many middling brands had disappeared. So by 2013, it was time for sort of new affordable luxury brands to emerge. So Tory Burch was there at the right time, understanding the customer mindset. Essentially, you may have heard of the positioning map. If you, if you go on any search engine, you can see a positioning map. So essentially, the positioning map puts a brand um, against its competitors and see how it operates in the market. Brands sometimes use a positioning map to understand where the gap in the market is. So some competitors will be direct, they offer exactly what you do, some will be indirect. And giving fashion as an example, maybe consumers organize information as in based on styling. On one end, it's very classic. On the other, it's um, fashionable. They're brands that follow trends. One end is mass market, so it's affordable price point for me. The other end is more expensive. Essentially, a positioning map will help you understand the fashion level. Fashion is a continuum, which means mass market on one end versus haute couture on the opposite end, diametric opposite. So if you've got to understand where to come in in the market, Tory Burch was very clever. She understood to come in at price points below international luxury brands. So you've got to think, uh, should I be positioned? No matter what I want to make, should I be positioned as mass market, somewhere in the middle, or luxury? So another example is you might want to create an aesthetic basics brand. So that, that's a big trend at the moment. Everyone's doing these sort of minimalist aesthetic basics brand, make, selling T-shirts or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Am I better placed making this a premium brand, high quality uh, materials, higher on the market, which means all the experience, including the brand, has to be premium? Or is it affordable on the other end? So that means all the brand identity and the brand experience should look like it's an affordable brand, easy to access. That's basically how positioning works. 
And it helps you understand consistency because there's no good having an affordable brand and making it too, look too expensive. People would then not understand what you're about. It would be confusing. So this is how the semiotics can be brought in. Third step, brand assets. Brand assets are things that people recognize over time to make up your brand identity. Kellogg's, logo, lovely chicken. I'm sure that chicken has a name, but I don't know what that is. Tory Birch, TB becomes a logo. The brand name Tory Birch. And if I'm not mistaken, a lot of her packaging is orange with some green in it. All right, so those are brand assets. Every brand that's successful has brand assets. Chanel, the double C, black and white. Chanel spells, spends billions of dollars educating us that when you see the double C, it's French, it's iconic French luxury. So back to um, uh, reality, instead of talking about uh, Chanel, people recognize these assets over time. So you've got to think, what is it my target market expects from this brand? How is it positioned? Is it mass market? Is it luxury or something in between? And you're going to brief your graphic designer who will then be able to come up with brand assets, logos, colors, fonts, and imagery, photography style. So if you do a good brief, you're likely to get a good logo from your graphic design in order brand identity. Colors, for example, you should understand are really important because we, we organize the world through colors. You know, colors are a great shortcut to explain um, the world that we live in. So menswear, unfortunately, tends to traditionally uh, operate around gray, navy, blue, black. Banks tend to be the somber colors as well, serious or formal colors, black, navy, blue, etc. Many luxury brands tend to be around those neutral color palettes, gray, silver, gold. Many cultures recognize gold as precious. So again, it's another shortcut that your designer could use. There are a few luxury brands who do distinct, very vibrant colors, and that's the Tiffany Blue and Hermes Orange. And they've educated us over the years, right? Who doesn't want to receive a um, you know, Tiffany Blue box? You'd be delighted and excited. So really take time to consider color. It's really important shortcut to explaining what your brand does how it's positioned in the market. It will also help your graphic designer. So another tool to help your graphic designer is your brand personality, which comes um, at not too late a date. Think about it right at the beginning. It will really help you be consistent, get your brand story together. So some uh, marketers use brand archetypes, big agencies as well, you know, the hero, the explorer, etc. So you can, you know, go and do some research on that. But for students, teaching them branding, I find that Professor Jennifer Acker's five master brand personalities much more simplified. She says that all brands fall under five master brand personalities. First one being sincere. Those are brands that are family friendly, charitable, kind to the environment, touchy-feely basically, kind, etc. Tom Shoes is a good example of giving back. It's a family friendly brand. The minute you tell a graphic designer that, or at least a good graphic designer, they'll be able to think how they're going to express um, the brand name into the right fonts, the right colors, etc., the right photography or imagery. Some brands are competent. So brands are selling something high priced or they're complex. Technology brands, because we spend money on them and they might have some um, 
obviously complex tech, tend to be competent. Banks, insurance companies, we don't want banks and insurance companies to be too sincere. We want them to be trustworthy, right? We want them to tr trust them with our money. Some brands are sophisticated. They have an aspirational quality. Many luxury fashion brands pr will probably more, be more sophisticated in, in the look and feel. And therefore, all the things that go connected with that, including the logo, the packaging, the store environment would fit that. Some brands are exciting, fun, young, spiritual, rebellious, kind, um, sorry, a different kind of aspiration rather than kind. So these type of brand is suitable for youth brands. Rugged as well. Rugged is another brand personality. Outdoor, masculine, anyone, basically male or female, who wants to spend time outdoors. Uh, if you're creating that kind of brand, you would then think about fonts that look so pristine. You might think about colors that you know fit with the outdoors. So just to uh, summarize, five master brand personalities are sincere, competent, sophisticated, exciting, or rugged. So to summarize, first step, understand your customer and their requirements, what they expect from your product category. Second step, position your brand in a distinct place in the customer's mind by understanding the fashion level. Are you mass market or are you the other extreme, a luxury brand or Hope Couture for that matter? Or somewhere in, the, in between, a bit like Tory Burch. Third step, create brand assets that are consistent with what your customer expects from your product category and your fashion level. Luxury brand, packaging should look luxury, website should look amazing experience, and the store, if you have one, should also have a luxury feel. Mass market, obviously you don't have the budget to express all those things, and you don't want to appear too luxury. You might put some people off who might think it's out of their income bracket. So consistency is key. Then the fourth and last step is communicate your brand. So the old adage, repetition is reputation, is what I'm going to say. In fact, I could end there, couldn't I? But essentially, it's create a single brand message based on what the customer requires. So go back to point one again. How are you different from your competitors? Point two. So it could be about the difference from your competitors. It could be about what they want. But only one thing you need to say. I always say to my student, oh, what's the brand message I have? I say, tell me what you offer and why it's special. You know, why should I care? So I worked with a uh, local footwear manufacturer in Singapore and they were in a quandary. They had many good things about their brand. Vegan shoes, which is, you know, on the, on the rise. And they also made the shoes by hand uh, in an artisanal method. And they were really in a quandary. And I said, go and test it in the market. Do some market research, whether it's surveys, interviews, informal, informal focus groups, or do a shortcut, which is, do a Google, um, Google ads or Instagram and Facebook ads for that matter and have do A-B testing, which is the same image with different headlines. And then come the data that comes back will tell you what it is that people want. That will become your single brand message. It's also known as a single-minded proposition. You might have come across that before. So you take that single brand message or single-minded proposition and however you're going to creatively express it and tell your consumer, you know, Communicate that message 360 degrees, as many touch points as possible, both online, offline. If you can only afford digital marketing, only do digital marketing, online ads, free content, um, SEM, SEO. If you have a bigger budget and you can do some things or smart things, 
offline. Sometimes you don't have to spend lots of money. PR, you know, print magazines, events, collaboration, then do so. Brands always ask me, which one should I do? And unfortunately, there's no easy answer. Do all that you can afford to do well, but make sure it resonates with your customer. If your customer hangs out online, focus your budget online. If your customer is not really so bothered about all the social media and, you know, has a life outside social media, you know, considering marketing wherever they hang out. That's why knowing their interest and their worldview is important and step one. So I hope that has broken down in four steps how to create your brand. If you're starting out, I recommend you listen to my podcast on three steps to starting your fashion business, where I kind of unpack the things you need to think about before, you know, putting any money and investing into a fashion business. Or if you'd like to get in touch with me, my website is anisajohnny.com. That's Anisa, A-N-I-S for Singapore, A-J-O-H-N-N for November, Y.com. I basically organize workshops for fashion brands at Raffles College of Higher Education. We can do the workshop in person or even online. Um, we can also organize workshops for your company. So let's say you have a wicked problem, big issue that you can't solve within your, your, your company. I'm happy to tailor make a workshop for you and come in and work with your um, team to, you know, find creative solutions. I work with fashion brands and also lifestyle brands, including hotels um, and uh, F&B. So please do get in touch. That's it for today. Stay fashionable and sustainable. Mm-hmm.